Coming up on BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, the Cougars come off their bye week break with a Saturday matinee home to UNA. BYU's on a roll heading into the stretch run, and we're talking about it with Kalani and wide receiver Dax Milne next. This is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, presented by Intermountain Healthcare. And now, your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Hello, good evening once again, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside Studio C at the BYU Broadcasting Building in Provo, Utah. Home of the Sitake Show, your weekly close-up with the Cougs. Great to have you with us for the next hour. We invite you to be a part of tonight's show and every week by submitting questions for Kalani on Twitter using the hashtag Sitake Show. You can do the same every week on Facebook and Instagram via the BYU TV sports accounts. Coming up on tonight's show, we'll look back on a spectacular season so far for starting quarterback Zach Wilson. We'll preview Saturday's home game with North Alabama. This week's Cougar Q&A looks ahead to Thanksgiving week. Deep Blue profiles former Cougar Mike Nascimento and wide receiver Dax Milne will join us on the show. But first, we welcome in and say hello to the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Sitake. Hey, coach, good to see you once again. What's going on, Greg? Was it a restful bye week for you and the boys? Yeah, it was. We got some work done, but uh, I think we got a good start on North Alabama. And, and uh, you know, we're with the practice that we had yesterday and today, I feel really good about our, our progress. From, uh, and, and hopefully we can make, um, make up for some of the mistakes we made against uh, Boise. That Boise game did cap off, though, quite the seven-week grind. It's almost like you guys earned a bit of a break to recharge a bit. Yeah, I think the players mentioned that. that it was, I mean, that. Yeah, if we could have timed it out right, then then, then the bye came at the right time. And um, but you know, I, I, more than anything, I think the guys were ready to play another game if we needed to. And uh, you know, we're always open. We were, I think, for us just to get our guys ready every week is the key. But we knew there wasn't going to be a game. It was a good good time for us to rest up a little bit, get some guys healthier, and 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 then uh, you know try to get in a position where we can execute better as a team. Good to be back on the field though. Yesterday, today. Yeah, we needed it, guys. Guys were, were excited to put the pads on and hit a little bit more. And then, uh, you know, we, we'll, we'll tone it down. We had some really good physical work yesterday and today. Right about right as you came off the field, uh, they released the watch list for the 2020 uh, Bear Bryant Coach of the Year Award. 24 candidates were listed, and you are one of them. So congratulations <laughs> to you. Thank you. I, I'm just <laughs> thankful. I have really great, great assistant coaches and players that, that uh, uh, you know, allow us to uh, get some recognition, but I, I think I couldn't do it without the assistant coaches. They're, they do a phenomenal job for us. Recognition also comes in the form of the weekly polls, and you were eighth going into your bye week, and you were eighth coming out of the bye week. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, not bad for not I, not doing much over the weekend, <laughs> but uh, you know, I thought it was good for our guys to recharge, watch some football, and and then you know get themselves hungry for an opportunity to play this week. And uh, you know, we're not we're worried about the polls. We're just worried about trying to execute better and be a better team and, and try to play at our best. I don't, don't think we've done our best for 60 minutes yet, and hopefully we can get that done this weekend. So the AP likes BYU. The coaches poll uh, also favors BYU at 8th, and uh, other rankings involved, computers and otherwise, all appreciate what the Cougars have done in getting to 8 no on the season and and the more the season the longer it goes Kalani the more we see that you know getting to nine and ten games is going to put BYU in maybe some exclusive company getting as many as ten games might be hard to do for some teams yeah and I, you know for us we're, we're just thankful that we're able to work with our sports medicine department and, and find ways to get to try to stay as healthy as possible we had to dip into our our depth uh, just like every team is doing and uh, just really pleased that our guys are out there performing as best they could and our coaches are working well and 
uh, we're just working around the pandemic and working around our injuries and that's uh, no different than everybody else but that's what 2020 is this, this year uh, next week at this time there will be a new ranking to consider and that's the college football playoff selection committee rankings the first ones come out next week next tuesday at five o'clock mountain time you'll see where you stand there but it's safe to say that BYU will be making its first ever appearance in program history in those rankings. I think that's exciting for people to, to see where we're going to be at. All I care about is winning the game Saturday and and being at our best. And then I hate to, you know, cut you off on that, Greg. But like for me, it's just uh, you know we we played at our best for certain spurts and games, and uh, want to see us do it do it for 60 minutes straight. And well, it doesn't really matter who's in the game. It, we, I want to see a clean execution, clean football, and and physical football and hopefully we get that done this weekend. I've been thinking about how you know BYU's had games where they can come off the gas a little bit, take some starters out, put some reserves, and you've had a lot of games like that. The Houston game kind of stands uh, alone in that you had to really keep basically all your first stringers in for the full 60 minutes and come back late to, to, to win a game. And that was kind of different this year. Yeah, I think the mindset, it doesn't really matter who's in the game. We, we need to get the most out of our guys. And, and they need to perform at their best. And, and that's the expectation for everyone that's out there. And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what the call is. We want our guys to uh, give us the best effort they got and, and make sure that what we do, we do in practice shows up on the field. And, and uh, if there's an opportunity to be as physical and, and then show sportsmanship after the play's done. And if we can do that every play, I feel really good about our chances at performing at our best. All right, BYU's chances will be tested this Saturday against an FCS foe in North Alabama. Let's take a look at the schedule to this point. Eight down and two to go right now with the FCS foe coming up on Saturday. Then one more home game in mid-December against San Diego State. And Kalani, the later we go in the season uh, and, and the longer we wait for something else to happen, the more we have to ask or wonder, will there be more football beyond what we see here on the screen before we get to the postseason? What's your gut telling you right now? Well, I hope so. I mean, I, I think it's, there's a lot of things that go into it, and, and Tom's working really hard communicating with a lot of different places, a lot of different teams and programs. And, uh, you know, we just hope that, that someone's willing to play us in the, uh, the open dates that we have, and, and uh, I'll just make sure that uh, our staff and our coaches have our players ready uh, for if, if that does happen. And so we'll see what happens in the next little bit, but until then, we'll, we'll be ready. Let's go inside the numbers a little bit and take a look at how BYU really is kind of doing it uh, everywhere you want to right now in terms of excellence. And that's, I mean, really, you know, what matters more than scoring points and keeping points off the board. And BYU's top 10 in those two categories. And the yardage goes along with it. It's uh, good to end drives with points, and BYU does that a lot. And the total defense number also shows that uh, teams aren't gaining a ton of yards against the Cougars. And BYU's still the only FBS team out of 126 that have played games right now, the only FBS team that's top 10, Kalani, in all four of those really key and meaningful categories. Yeah, that's really good. I mean, I, I, I'm really pleased that we're playing good team football and uh, that all the players are bought in. And you can look at, right now we just saw the offense and defense, but if you see the, the number of starters that we have that are in a two deep in special teams, you'll be, I think you'll be surprised at the, the amount of guys that participate in special teams and uh, are able to make that third phase something that, that's a, a strength for us. And then, uh, you know, allowing the, the second string guys are to get in the games and our, we rest on, on offense and defense. We don't rest on special teams. And the key is for us to get our best guys out there with the limited time that we have in practice um, to work our special teams. And, and I think Ed Lamb's done an amazing job at coordinating that and working with our assistants. And then the players have bought into the system that we have in place. And team football gets you wins and then it gets you the numbers that you see right there.
Good segue into the fact that uh, BYU's 8-0 start has truly been the result of complementary football. Offense, defense, and special teams all performing at equally high levels. But one player has garnered national attention at a uniquely high level, and that's starting quarterback Zach Wilson, who's not only a Heisman Trophy candidate, but also uh, the fastest riser these days up the NFL draft boards. And we mentioned a moment ago BYU's team top 10 categories. Look at the national top 10s Zach finds himself in individually, Kalani. And a lot of the people he's competing with haven't played as many games as Zach. Zach's already played eight full games, quite a resume to put up these kind of numbers. Yeah, and in some of those games he hasn't finished them, you know, with, with the score and being able to get other guys in there and, and change of, uh, of scheme towards the end of a game. But um, Zach's always ready to go. He's always, uh, you know, ready to make big plays. And, and I think, you know, looking at what, what Jeff Grimes and Aaron Roderick and the entire offensive staff have been able to do is utilize his strengths and his, and, and his skill set to get us to score more points. And uh, that in combination with what we have in the run game with our physical line and with our receivers that are, are underrated, a lot of people don't talk enough about our receivers, but uh, the way they work and the way they work in unison as, as, as a unit on offense, it's a, it's a wonderful thing to see. And it's like receivers and tight ends blocking downfield after someone catches a ball and guys hustling to the ball and just trying to make plays. And then it generates this momentum and they, they become somewhat of a juggernaut. And that's with Zach leading the way. He's done an amazing job being the leader as, as, as our quarterback. And, uh, looking forward to seeing a lot of a lot more plays that he can make. Well, after a sophomore season that began after a race through shoulder rehab and included a hand injury and some more missed time last year, Zach is back. Zach Wilson is thrown for multiple touchdowns in every game in this season, leading BYU to that 8-0 start. And included in those eight wins are a ton of great plays. Here are our top ten. The play fake nod, the drop in a deep pocket. Now shuffling to his right and goes end zone and going low to haul it in. It is caught at the goal line and in the end zone for six. Isaac Rex for the second time tonight. He can just survey the field and wait for Rex to come free. Shotgun. Pulls it away from Algier. Settles in a clean pocket. Now hit as he throws. Deep down the near side to Dax Mill. Makes the catch. He's going to go! 40, 30, 20, 10, and just like that, BYU on top. Where he's going with the football, who he's going to pick on early, stands in there and throws an absolute dime to Dax Mill. Wilson under center, tight back, tight end, and wing back to the right. They motion left to right. The play fake, the set, the fire for the end zone. Carter Wheat is there and pulls it in for the score. Touchdown Cougars. Carter Wheat for the first time as a Coug. Wilson settling in a pocket. Throws deep down the far sideline. It is hauled in. Inside the five. Tremendous grab. Gunnar Romney with the reception. And the Cougars are first in goal. A play fake nod, a pull down, a move to the left, a stop in the pocket, a throw for the end zone. The ball is high and brought in. What about that throw? Let me just put it in a spot and see if my guy can make a play. Comes his way at his belt on a three-step. Between the tackles, steps up to the right and goes deep down the far side. It is Dax Mill makes the catch at the three-yard line and steps into the end zone with another BYU touchdown. You want to talk about arm strength? He comes all the way back to the other side of the field. 
Zach Wilson shotgun. Chest high snap. Pocket holds. Goes for the end zone. Milne is there. He caught it! He caught it! In the back of the end zone for a touchdown! That's trust right there at the highest level, ladies and gentlemen. Tight ends left and right. A boot, an underhand shovel to Wake. Completion. Touchdown! Cougars! What a play! The underhand scoop to Mason Wake! Boy, that's, that's sweet. That, that almost looks right out of the Kansas City Chiefs playbook from Patrick Mahomes. And shotgun trips to the right. He'll look right. Pump. Look middle. Now take off to the right. Throw on the run. He's got Milne back shoulder. And a catch made by Dax Milne. I can't believe he hauled it in. Falling to the ground back shoulder. What a play. Wilson knows that. He knows that he can put it up. And Milne is going to find a way to make a play. Milne was the only guy that was going to be able to catch that ball. Short drop. Pushed out to the right. Zach's now on the run to the far numbers. Lobs it to the back corner. Catch is made. Wilson flushed. Floats it back in the end zone. Pau, did he stay in bounds? And it is a touchdown for Neil Pau. Well, I've seen all those plays a few times, and I enjoyed seeing them one time more. That was a great little collection there. Yeah, it's fun to watch them all in a row. I mean, he's got so much ability, and, and, and I love seeing how many different receivers are catching the ball and, and the protection that he's receiving. I mean, it, it's, it's he spreads the ball out to a lot of different people, and uh, there's just a lot of playmaking ability on that offense. Great stuff. Well, fans, for your day-to-day -day Cougar Sports play-by-play, -play, watch BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan weekdays at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. When we come back, we look ahead to Saturday's matinee with North Alabama, and later we'll visit live with receiver Dax Milne. This is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. BYU Football with Kalani Sitake is brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare. Always here for you. Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Smith's. Fresh for everyone. And by America First Credit Union. We're here to help. We are back for more BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. Here's your game day schedule for Saturday. Cougar pregame live begins at 1 Eastern on BYU Radio. BYU TV's countdown to kickoff starts at 2. Then the game can be seen on BYU TV and heard on BYU Radio at 3 Eastern with postgame coverage on both outlets afterward. There's also a rebroadcast of the game at 1 a.m. Eastern time on BYU TV as well. In addition, this game will feature a second screen experience streaming on the BYU TV app during the game featuring Spencer Linton, David Nixon, and Mitch Matthews with commercial-free conversation from the three of those guys throughout the game. And the game is BYU and UNA. North Alabama, the Lions out of Florence, Alabama. And Kalani, they decided to play a four-game FCS schedule, which includes three FBS games in the last game of their season. Yeah, I mean, the well-coached team and... and uh... I'm just glad that they were able to stick to the, the schedule that we had. You know, we were one of the original people on the schedule. And, and uh, seeing them play, I, I mean, uh, you know, they're an FCS program, but they're, they're making a lot of big plays. And these game highlights are brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward as you look at the Lions. First ever meeting between BYU and North Alabama. 
Again, the Lions this year 0-3. They have already played two FBS opponents, uh, losing to Liberty, which is now nationally ranked, and then just Southern Miss this past weekend. What stands out from this last weekend's game was the fact that North Alabama led Southern Miss at Southern Miss 13-7 in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and they started out quick. I mean, they, they were up 7-0, and then they had the lead all the way going into it. I mean, they're a well-coached team. They have, they have a defense they've given up 28 points to, to um, Liberty, 24 to Southern Miss, and 24 to um, uh, Jacksonville, Jacksonville State. State. So they haven't really given up a lot of points, and uh, they try to slow the game down a little bit, and we're going to have to find ways to disrupt their timing on offense and create some turnovers. and and make some big plays on, off, on, on, on uh, offense and defense and special teams. What's an acceptable outcome to you on Saturday? Well, we want to win, but I, for, for us, we want to play at our best. That, that's been the main emphasis and our focus as a team. And, uh, you know, we're going to get great effort from our players. I think uh, this is an opportunity for us with coming off a bye for our guys to get hungry and get back on the field again. And uh, it happens to be against North Alabama, who we, res we respect. But... You know, we, we need to play at our best, and, and, and that's going to be the key for us, especially if, if things don't happen in the next couple of weeks afterwards in regards to games. You, meaning you wouldn't play again until the 12th? Yeah, said, so yeah. we just didn't never know what, what, what to expect and can't take anything for granted. We have to just play at our best and, and take every advantage in the next 60 minutes of football that we can. And as you said earlier, play your best no matter who's in the game. Exactly, and, and that's what we expect from everybody. And uh, you know, tons of respect for what North Alabama does, but we, we need to make sure that regardless of who's in the game, that they need to show it their best. And, and uh, we have this standard that we, we, we want our guys to play up to, and they need to meet it. Okay, coming off the bye week, there's a hope that maybe somebody who's missed games recently might be available to play. Uh, three names in particular that uh, we're kind of waiting and watching uh, as the season goes longer. These guys right here, of these three, does anybody have a better chance than another of maybe getting in this weekend? Um, I'm looking... Towards the game, Zane Anderson and, and Batty have a probably best shot. Uh, Lopini would be the decision of whether we want to push it or, or uh, let him heal up. And then and we don't want to re-aggravate the injury. So more than likely, the, the other two will probably, probably play. Okay. And uh, this is a game with uh, the new COVID protocols from the state. We're backing off on fans a little bit. But uh, your players and your coaches should have their families in the stands, as I understand it. Is that is that accurate? Yeah. And, and you know, it, We'll be able to have some support there, and, and we've been the guys. We haven't really talked about who, how many people are going to be in the stadium, things like that. And we've just been really focused on what we're trying to get done, and uh, we'll be thankful for whatever we can hit as as far as it follows the state protocol and everything that we see. But credit to BYU, and that means administrators, coaches, players, staffers, medical for getting the games in, getting them played, staying as healthy as you can be, and, and making the season happen. Exactly, and, and we couldn't be more uh, you're so thank, thankful for everyone that's involved in that, and uh, you know, and, and even even our opponents that are able yeah. to, uh, you know, Houston was able to work with us, and we just had to go there instead of them coming here, and a lot, a lot of credit to our administration, Tom Homo, for making that happen. All right, and it rolls on for the Cougs, and hopefully successfully so with more and more wins to talk about. Mondays at 1 Eastern, we talk with the BYU football coordinators on Coordinator's Corner with Jeff Grimes, Elisa Tuiaki, and Ed Lamb. It's also on demand on the BYU TV app. We're back on the air with that show Monday. After the break, we will talk turkey on this week's Cougar Q&A, and the coach takes your questions from social media. This is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. Welcome back to BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, presented by Intermountain Healthcare. Cougars in the NFL now. Taysom Hill, 45 yards and a win against Fred Warner. Yeah, and the 49ers. 
Will Taysom get his first NFL start this weekend? They're being kind of coy about that, but Drew Brees is hurt. Jameis and Taysom are next up. Jamal Williams, decent day for the Packers as they beat the Jags. And then Michael Davis featuring in a loss to the Dolphins for the Chargers. Kyle Van Noy, by the way, did bang up his hip in the Dolphins game. And Nishioni Takitaki uh, had a few tackles in a snowy, brutal weather game for the Browns in their victory against the Texans. Haven't heard much about the Kyle Van Noy. Have you heard? Did you hear that he get banged up at all? No, I haven't. Uh, I was texting with him last week, so hopefully he can get back on the field. And uh, you know, it's nice to see all these guys making plays. I'm proud of all of them. And a lot of BYU fans curious to see where Sean Payton goes with his backup quarterback situation. If they do go with Jameis, you could understand there are reasons for it, and, and Taysom can still be used in the many ways he already is. Yeah, I just like to see Taysom have a full game and let him be a quarterback and. Let him just stay in there and stay in the huddle and stay on the field because uh, more than likely he'll make big-time plays for you. Yeah, I think a lot of fans are really hoping that he does get some extended time at the actual quarterback position to see what he really can do because he's made a lot of improvement over the years with that. All right, uh, next week at this time, we'll have the season premiere of BYU basketball with Mark Pope as the Cougar Hoops season gets set to tip off on Thanksgiving Eve. So with Turkey Day coming up and in mind, we find out what the BYU football players prefer to be found on their dinner table next Thursday. It's this week's Cougar Q&A, and it's presented by Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Favorite Thanksgiving food? Mashed potatoes and dinner rolls are for sure my favorite. Usually I'll just eat a bunch of rolls. But I do love my grandma's homemade rolls with her homemade jam. Definitely the rolls with jam. Besides turkey or? Probably just um, turkey. It's got to be the turkey. Dark turkey, please. Does anybody have a favorite food besides turkey for Thanksgiving? They do. Are you shaking your head? They do? Okay, uh, turkey. I hate turkey. Turkey's nasty. It's always dry. Favorite Thanksgiving food had to be ham. I love ham, honey ham. My favorite Thanksgiving food is just probably the green bean casserole. It's got to be green bean casserole. Put a little bacon on top of it. That's, that's fire right there. My mom makes the best apple pie. My favorite Thanksgiving food is macaroni and cheese. Either the mac and cheese, macaroni and cheese. Mac and cheese, this is no debate. This is by far the best food on Thanksgiving. Favorite Thanksgiving food is Polynesian food for sure. Um, some one household, we technically don't know how to cook mashed potatoes and gravy, so we just cook what we know how to cook. I do like prime rib. You know, with extra garlic on it and everything like that. That's my, that's my go-to. People are like, oh, wow, you don't do turkey on Thanksgiving? I'm like, no, we do prime rib. My mom really can kill it. So we're, we're more of a red meat family. I really don't like Thanksgiving food. I'm not, like, too crazy about it. Like, last Thanksgiving, I went to Del Taco, and I was, like, completely fine with it, you know? So that's good for me. So uh, what's the go-to in the Satake household on Thanksgiving? We eat everything. I mean, that's, all, all that sounded good. That sounded like that should go on the menu. I'm going to have my wife just put add everything on there. But, yeah, I didn't know. I mean, you can eat rolls at any time just to let the players know. It doesn't, you don't have to wait for Thanksgiving. Unusually popular with your guys with yeah. the rolls. Yeah. I mean, they like their carbs. Don't sleep on Grandma's rolls. Um, <laughs> Oh, uh, when I was a kid growing up, uh, I was not into sweet potatoes at all. Now I love sweet potato casserole on, on Thanksgiving with some cinnamon brown sugar. Yeah, I'm going to have to get some of that then. I mean, I, I'm really hungry now, so hopefully... Okay, we're going to stop the show uh, for a little bit. We'll, we'll come back after we've had a bite. Uh, uh, social media questions now for Coach Sitake. Uh, let's get to it. Uh, Reed Bates on Twitter says, if a game isn't scheduled for Thanksgiving week, how do you keep the team focused on staying safe 
during a family-centric holiday um, so that no games are missed. Obviously, you guys getting sick and whatnot. What are you trying to do there? Well, we, we've educated our guys on, on how to, you know, the safety protocols that we have to uh, adhere to, and our guys have done a good job. I mean, that that's we wouldn't have been able to um, play those games in a row without them and their effort and their, their sacrifice that they've made socially. And uh, so going into the, the holiday, I think they'll be able to connect with their their small family unit, but after that, I'm just trusting them to do it right. And our, our sports medicine department has done a great job educating our players on, on how to be safe and how to social distance and how to enjoy the holidays and, and make sure that they can still play football. Okay, next question comes our way from Michael Brian Norris on Facebook, and he asks, what is the trait that you value highest in your players and your staff? Hard work, yeah. Just want our guys to work hard and, and, and uh, you know, be thankful for what they have. And there's a lot of people, if you look at all the stories that we're going to see in, 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 uh, from each individual and all of us, you know, Greg, we wouldn't be here if it weren't for other people's hard work and sacrifice. So I want our players to, and our coaches to recognize that in their life and, and be thoughtful of it daily. And, uh, you know, to, that they're, they're carrying on things that other sacrifices other people have made for them. And the importance it is for them to keep doing their, their part and hopefully leaving that type of impact on others. Okay, excellent. On the latest BYU Sports Nation right now, uh, no football game last weekend, but uh, Kiki's never has never before seen footage, projections, and awards. Watch it on the BYU Sports Nation social media platforms. Coming up next, we'll have the story of a former Cougar who broke his back as a kid but still made it as a walk-on to the team in this week's Deep Blue, and we'll have a live chat with Dax Mill. We'll have more BYU football with Kalani Sitake right after this. BYU football with Kalani Sitake is brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare. Always here for you. Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. And by Qualtrics. Well, BYU this season has one of the most prolific pass attacks in all of college football, despite the Cougars losing more than 70% of their receiving yardage from last season's roster. But the BYU aerial assault has not only survived, but thrived, thanks in large part to number five. And that means Dax Milne. Good to have Dax Milne joining us tonight from the BYU Student Athlete Building. Dax, how are you? Thanks for coming on. I'm doing well, thank you. Great to see you. And uh, how would you describe, not just for you, but for the team, uh, being part of an 8-0 squad here in, uh, in November? Uh, it's, I think just the word special comes to mind. Um, not very many teams can say that, they're, uh, that they've are that they gone 8-0 or are going 8-0. And so I just realized that uh, it's a blessing to, to be a part of it. Did you have any sense, uh, as I mentioned, knowing what was kind of lost from last year, that you and your teammates have what, what it would take to you know pick up the slack and pick up where you left off in a lot of ways and even improve on what came before you? Yeah, for sure. Um, like for all the guys that were there before that, and that have left, uh, I'm grateful for them just uh, for everything that I've learned from them. And uh, they kind of just left a stepping stone for all of the, the, the younger guys to make an even bigger contribution. And um, uh, I think we've done a, a good job of just uh, elevating this whole program. Done a great job. And you personally, so much fun to watch you game to game, Dax. You lead the team in catches, in receiving yards. You're tied for the lead in touchdowns. And it's not just you doing it. You've got a lot of help from a lot of guys. But, man, it's been fun to watch your progression. And, and what a great season it's been for you personally. 
yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, it's just kind of been a whole whole effort. Uh, Zach making great throws, the O-line giving him time to make throws. It's, it's like I said, it's fun to be a part of. Kalani, could you see this coming from a guy like Dax? Just, just really happy that that he's able to make plays for us, and uh, he, he's he works harder than anybody else. I mean, I remember I have memories of him as a freshman, just sweating more than anybody because he actually ran more than everyone, and and uh, just never questioned anything. Even if a guy was banged up, he took all the reps, and I don't think there's anybody out there on our on our team that runs more than Dax, and uh, we have to kind of slow him down because he'll keep going if you let him. <laughs> Uh, Dax, do you remember remember the early days with the program? Your early days? Yeah, I do. It was definitely a, a stressful time for me, just just getting the whole playbook down and working hard and um, trying to make friends with everyone in the locker room. But it was a it was a fun time. Uh, among, among the impressive stats you've put up are are deep plays. Uh, you've got uh, you've got eight catches of 30 yards or more, and that's pretty good, but you've got a teammate with 10. And so here's BYU with two teammates uh, with, with a ton of big plays under their belt. I'm talking, of course, about, uh, about Gunnar Romney. And as our viewers see some of your personal stats, I know you want to shout out Gunnar a little bit because he's been right there with you. Oh, yeah. Uh, Gunnar's the man. It's uh, We joke about just being uh, one of the best duos in the country. It's just a pleasure doing business with him, you know? It's just <laughs> it's fun to... Fun to see him do his thing, and and uh, we love celebrating together. How do you describe your journey to BYU? What got you here? What took you here? What uh, what drove you to be the player you are here at BYU? Well, if we want to take it all the way back to when I was eight years old, going to Utah camps for Kalani, um, <laughs> I knew I always wanted to play for Kalani. I just I always wanted to uh, impress him while I was there, and and um, as time went on. I uh, was fortunate enough to uh, get attention from uh, his cousin, Fessy Sataki at Weber, and I uh, had a relationship with him, too, and I knew I wanted to play for him as well. And so when they both ended up at BYU, um, I just kind of decided that I had, I had what it took, and I believed in myself enough to take a preferred walk-on and, and earn my way on, on, on this team. So I'm glad it all worked out. Do you recall those back in the day days he's talking about? Oh yeah, I remember when he was a little kid. I mean, he, we would give him the ball, and, and and I loved working with little kids in camps. But we'd give him the ball, and he would turn every play into a touchdown. <laughs> and uh, we'd give him a sweep. He turned to a touchdown. He was a running back back then, um, but I, I mean, he was a special player. And I remember Zach. I remember all all the little kids, uh, Cosper. All, I mean, all these guys, Dallin, and uh, so Holker. You know, so a bunch of guys that that I. Get the coach now, and they're they're grown men, and it's been really fun. But I'm I'm so proud of Dax, and uh, you know he he's he's a prolific player, humble, but uh, I know his family's really proud of him, the hard work and sacrifices that have gone into making this young man who he is, and just really I'm this is just the beginning that this kid we knew that he was going to be something special, and it's a, it's a lot of fun to see him make big plays. And Dax, you and Zach go back a little bit, and Coach mentions Braden Cosper, uh, him too. Uh, I, I think there's a photo circulating out there. Yeah, here, you, here it is. Our, our viewers are seeing it with, uh, with you and Zach and, and Braden together. How important are relationships that go back a few years in, in helping with chemistry in the current day? 
Yeah, um, I think it's. <laughs> oh, and then there's one. this. That <laughs> uh, that's great. Um, yeah, I think it's uh, really important. It's just, just I think it just builds a whole trust aspect um, on the field. Um, just knowing that we can count on each other, and and then uh, just off the field, just knowing we can count on each other as well. Just being great teammates for for everyone. Earlier in the season, Dax, on this show, uh, we aired uh, our Deep Blue feature that, that profiled you and your family and especially focused in on your mom. Um, for those that maybe didn't see uh, the feature you know, to which I'm referring, what would you like viewers to know and, and Cougar Nation to know about, uh, about your mom, what she's been through and what she still uh, means to you as, as you continue your college pursuits right now? Yeah, for everyone that hasn't seen it, um, uh, just basically just talks about uh, how great my mom is and and how much of a of a just just a positive influence she is to me and, and uh, everyone that knows her um during that whole journey it just it kind of shook everyone's uh, world including mine um but we were able to all just kind of pull together and and um uh, get through it together and she i i say in the video she kind of became my why uh, uh while playing football just everything I do for her, um, just wanted to make her proud. So, yeah. Thanks for that, Dax. Uh, a couple of X and O's questions for you before we let you go. Uh, your route running is exemplary, uh, and, and that showed up a long time ago, how well you can run a route. Who or what has helped you become the route runner you are, first of all? And then secondly, are there receivers that you look at and, and uh, model maybe parts of your game after to say that's a great example for me? Yeah, um, I don't know. I just, I've always been um, willing to take any type of uh, criticism or, or teaching points while for running routes as I've just grown up and matured, uh, whether it's from camps or various coaches. I enjoy just learning new aspects of, of how to play wide receiver. And um, yeah, it's just, I, from any player, I, we can learn something from everyone. And so whether it's another college player, whether it's my teammate or, or the, I love watching pro guys, um, just taking little things from each and every one and just building it into my own repertoire. It's, I enjoy it. And there, and there could be younger players out there these days that are watching Dax Millman saying, I want to run a route and catch a ball like him. Uh, you've been so fun to watch. And again, it's been a pleasure to call your plays and so many more to come. And we look forward to what's ahead for you and the boys. So I'll say good night and thank you from me, but I'll let Kalani uh, take it away by giving the final word here. Hey, Dax is, uh, if you look at the, that picture of him, he's the one with the ripped shirt and everything. So he's, he's a workhorse. Nothing against um, uh, Zach and Braden that kept their shirts nice and clean, but uh, Dax is not afraid to get down and dirty. And, and he'll, uh, since he's been here, he's worked really hard and, and everything that's, that's, that's happening to him is, is, is the, uh, the fruits of his labor. So Dax, love you, man. Keep it up. Coach, love you. There's no other guy I'd rather play for, for real. And Greg, thank you for your words. Appreciate you. Appreciate it. Thank you. That's Dax Milne. Wonderful stuff. All right. It is time for this week's Deep Blue. And in this one, we explore the story of a former BYU player, Mike Nascimento, who turned an accident as a teenager into extra motivation to walk on at BYU. This is Deep Blue, presented by America First Credit Union. So I was the last to be picked in every sport. My nickname was Bones because I was 5'10", 115 pounds. 
His nickname was Bones because that's all he was, was, was a little bit of flesh and bones, but mostly bones, not a lot of flesh. So freshman football was kind of a hilarious moment. We actually were 0-9 for the season. Uh, we weren't good at all. We, we were terrible. So, so the score was 0-0, zero zero, very last game of the year. B team is a freshman uh, cornerback. And the quarterback knew who I was. And he started to try and pick on me. And he threw it two times under these two wild passes. And sure enough, the next throw he had, he wobbled that thing up in the air. And I just went straight for it, beat the receiver to the ball, and took it about 55 yards for a touchdown. So we won that game six to zero. It was actually the only game we won that year. We couldn't even score an extra point. We were just screaming and shouting and yelling and just so excited about it. Did you get it on And I, I thought to myself, well, he's in. He's going to be doing well for Marshall. Well, you know, you're, you're sitting there thinking, okay, freshman year leads to either JV or a potential varsity opportunity. And, you know, so many things went not according to plan, uh, at least for Mike. It was all about the fact that there had been whiplash in the van, and where Mike was seated, just it hit it just right. He had a broken back. He just looked so skinny and it looked like it was a lot of pain and, and it, it used to, it, it always made me very sad because I knew he wanted to play football. I know people felt sorry for me. You know, I could feel that. I could feel that like my parents didn't know what to do. And the coaches are all telling him, Mike, you're never gonna be able to play football again. You're never gonna be able to play football again. Everybody's telling him, you can't, you can't, you can't. I mean, that's all I thought about. And, and it's hard not to think about it because you're in pain all day long. That's all you feel is pain. And I was like, there's no way that it can be this bad. But then when I had to watch him put on this brace all the time, I had to watch him not be able to play. I had to watch him not even be able to participate in like, you know, uh, silly little church activities. And just something kind of just awakened in me. And I realized that no matter what happened, I could do whatever it took to make my dreams a reality. So after the brace came off, the doctor said, we can go in for surgery and we're gonna fuse three of your vertebrae together, the one above and the one below. And I thought, okay, cool, let's have the surgery. And then after that, I'll be able to play football then, right? He said, no, he's like, you'll be lucky if you were to tie your shoes. He says, no, I wanna play football. And then he starts getting into a fight with his doctor. I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go in for surgery if it means I'm not gonna have the life I used to have. And he said, there's another way, but, but you're never gonna do it. And the doctors look at him like, Mike, you'd have to do 500 slow sit-ups before I'd ever let you on the football field again. And we went home and he didn't have to wear the bob anymore, but he, um, he started doing sit-ups. So it started out with X number of sit-ups. It's like full crunches. Once Mike got to the point where he could do However many sit-ups they told him were required, he increased it on his own. And then he put weights on his chest. It seemed ridiculous at times. You look at the kid and he was sitting over there doing sit-ups. It's like, 
Good gosh, man, give it a rest. He couldn't give it a rest. He knew what he wanted after the sit-ups. You know, he wasn't the best athlete, but he worked at it and became a self-made athlete. So, you know, I have a lot of praise for his efforts and what he did. Determined to be a force, determined to make things happen, wasn't afraid of work. I don't know when the switch flipped and he decided, I could probably go be a college athlete, broken back or not. I literally walked into the coach's office April of my junior year, and I said, my name's Mike Nascimento. I want to play football for BYU. I was focused on Boise State, Thursday night game, ESPN game. I'm suiting up, I'm getting on the field. On Boise State side, they got an explosive offense. They're the top They were scoring the a lot of points, so I was on the field a lot. And I was on punt cover, Nate Solberg, starting cornerback. He was coming from the right side. He came through, missed, and I was right there. My first and only tackle playing football for BYU, that validated all the work that I put in for the seven, eight years leading up to that tackle in the snow. That tackle, that moment will always be mine. It was about me being hit by a drunk driver when I was 14. It's a mindset that he carries that very few people have, that no one will dictate what's coming next for him. That was his reward. I go run stadiums once a week, and every time I go to the stadium, I know exactly where my tackle was, and I'm like, that's it? And like, I feel so much energy when I'm there. It's like BYU, that stadium, that field, it kind of winks at me and says, you know, Yeah, we're glad you were here. <laughs> I mean, I know it sounds weird, but it's like, that's why we are here, to make stories like yours reality. So inspirational. What, is, uh, what does Mike's story mean to you as That's a coach awesome. and as a, per as a person? Um, yeah, just uh, what a great person and uh, value our friendship that I have with him. And uh, just very similar to a lot of the players that play at BYU. Reminds me, a uh, real quick story, reminds me of, of a player that, um, that we were excited to put on the field on kickoff. First play, I'm just excited to see him as a head coach, see him run down and kickoff, make a play. Uh, we kick it into the end zone, so it's a touchback. And he comes running off, and I just I caught a glimpse of him, and there's tears running down his face. And uh, there's all these stories of these guys that, that walk on and become big-time players like Dax and Chad Lewis and all these other walk-ons like Mike. And so, uh, you know, just as a head coach, how, do you, how are you supposed to feel? You have to coach these young men. So it's an honor for me. And... Uh, just thankful that Mike was able to share his story and 
uh, his story very common to a lot of other players that um, maybe it's just one tackle or playing on scout team, but the sacrifices and the and the, the blood and the tears and, and the sweat that they spilled on the practice field and on that stadium uh, will live forever in, in, in BYU football. Yeah, Mike's story is his own and it's special. We thank him for sharing it, but he also represents, I think, in a lot of ways, players like him who, uh, you know, get that one moment. They're not going to get the headlines. They're not going to be players that uh, end up as All-Americans, but they get their moment. And, and it's the, the same passion. Them. You're right. Sorry yeah. to cut you off, but it's the same passion that you see from the fans. Yeah. And if they could, I know a lot of, uh, lot of men, women, and children that would love to play and have that opportunity. And so we, we represent more than just ourselves on the field. We want to take a moment right now uh, to note the passing this week of two local figures. First, the longtime voice of the Utes, Bill Marcroft. And you got to know Bill uh, during your time on the Hill. He's a great, great man and um, just, just so, has so much knowledge and uh, kind and warming and inclusive of everybody. And I, I enjoyed my time with him. And uh, BYU All-American safety Kyle Morrell passed away yesterday at the age of 57 after a battle with ALS. Morrell a physical presence, ferocious competitor, and a key contributor on BYU teams of the early 1980s, captain on the 1984 national title team, famously making a play that preserved BYU's title aspirations that year with his dive over the line of scrimmage to prevent a quarterback sneak at the goal line, helping the Cougars to secure that must-win at Hawaii. That effort symbolizing Kyle's competitive drive and remains really one of the greatest plays in, in Cougar football history, and Kyle's so beloved by so many here on, on campus. Yeah, I mean, our, our thoughts and prayers go to him and his teammates and uh, his family. And, and uh, thankful that, that, you know, we got to know, I got to know him as a, as a fan, just loved cheering for him and, and got to know him as a player and an alumni. And uh, it was a, a great moment that we shared with him last year. And, and so uh, a lot of love to his family and, and to his friends and, and uh, wish him the best, uh, wish him the best and, and uh, send him our condolences. All right, we'll be back in a moment. Qualtrics brings us BYU football trivia. Who are the last two BYU teammates to each have a 1,000-plus receiving yard season in the same season? We think about this because of Dax and Gunner. Austin Colley, Dennis Pitta, a wide receiver and a tight end back in 2008. It's happened only twice before, and that's one of the two times those two guys right there. Will it happen again? We'll see. All right, welcome back to BYU football with Kalani Sitake, presented by Intermountain Healthcare. We end the show as we normally do, featuring some items you may have missed just in case, we call it, in case you missed it. And uh, at the time, this was accurate, Kalani. BYU was at one time the only eight. A couple teams have joined you, but 8 knows is a pretty cool place to be. That's cool. And, and featured on game day. That's awesome. So it we, is awesome. Thank you. If the college football playoff were determined solely by the Kali matrix, which is, by the way, one of the selecting tools they use, what you'd have right now is BYU and Northwestern, Alabama and Coastal Carolina in your Final Four. That's if the computers ruled the world, and I'm okay with that if that's how the top four turns out. Kirk Herbstreet of ESPN, big fan of BYU this season. He's got BYU in his top six. He's got his top four there, Kalani, and then BYU's right there, right after Florida. So he's, uh, he thinks well of you. So good company. Indeed. Uh, Reggie Bush. The former Heisman Trophy winner. He said, what if they expanded the playoff bracket this year, this unusual year? We brought in eight teams and not four. What would that look like? Well, he thinks it might look like uh, Alabama taking on BYU. North Alabama this week, maybe Alabama, Alabama in a few weeks. Why not, right? Let's do it. <laughs> and then uh, this fellow on Twitter, 
said, if Zach Wilson foregoes a first-round NFL draft selection to return to BYU for his senior season and beats the Utes in Lavelle Edwards Stadium, I'll get a tattoo of him and also name my first child Wilson. So a lot on the line there. And finally, <laughs> last week was Masters Week, so we repurposed some of BYU's all-time best play calls with a golf vibe. Check out this particular One play, play for it all. Utah staying in their prevent, staying back. There's room out there. Kali, Mawika, Harleen, Allen, the receivers in the set. Beck's in the gun with Brown. This should be the last snap of the football game. Snap to John. John backpedals. Plenty of time. Plenty of time. He's looking left, shuffling, shuffling all kinds of time. Now the heat comes. He's got to run to the right. Beck is on the run. He throws behind him. It is caught for the touchdown. Caught for the touchdown. Caught for the touchdown. Johnny Harleen got it for the score. Harleen by himself in the end zone. The Cougars win it on the final play of the game. So I was a little more subdued there than I was in real life back in 2006. Yeah, I bet. I mean, I was on the other sideline, if you remember that. So, yeah, that was, a, that was a great game. Good good one to go down in history. Yeah, and, of course, we know exactly where your allegiances were. They were with your employer that day. But from you know, for Cougar Nation, you got to know what they love about that play, right? Yeah, and you, I mean, you watch it and you respect it. And I, I remember that game for the uh, – I, I vividly remember Eric Weddle and John Beck afterwards. In their embrace and they're just yeah. uh, good to compete and have great sportsmanship at the same time. Fun memory in kind of a unique way that way. All right, Kalani, uh, thanks for the season. Good luck this weekend. Yeah, I'll see you in a couple weeks. All right, for Kalani, I'm Greg Rubel. Have a great week. Go Cougs. See ya.